The Bringing Water to Life podcast is brought to you by The Irrigation Show, the world's biggest and best trade show for agriculture, landscape, and golf irrigation. The 2017 Irrigation Show will be held on November 6th through 10th in Orlando, Florida. For more information, visit www.irrigationshow.org. Welcome to the Bringing Water to Life podcast, a podcast focused on telling the story of water. This is your first time listening. Thank you for joining us. To everyone else, welcome back. Show notes are available at bwtlpodcast.com. You're listening to episode number 37. In today's episode, hear about some new research findings on the water cycle and about John's trip to Disney World. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Bring Water Life. Hello, Brent Meekum. How are you? I am great, John. How are you? I'm fantastic. Are you? Elizabeth McCartney, how are you? I'm doing great, John. Good. The music's a little loud It is. Right I think now. everything is kind of loud right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, welcome to Bring Water to Life. I am John Farner. Um, so, we're getting photographed here today. It's kind of, kind of weird having somebody in here. Hello. <laughs> so look online for our photos of us uh, doing this podcast and me hunched over this mic while I'm controlling the soundboard here. But yeah, you see what we look like when we're recording, right? It's it's a, it's really a fascinating thing. It is. You're actually dressed up even better than average. Today. Well, this is the this is we talked about this earlier. This is the John is meeting downtown later on today. Uh, August wear. Yes. August wear. So it's not quite a suit. No. But it's more than just khakis and a shirt. Right. So it's, it's, it's a lot of thought process goes into this, Brent. Yes, and, and, and you're, you're actually I lucky that today the temperature is not as bad as it's been. And it's so it'll not. be pleasant downtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been out of town the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went on a family trip down to Florida, drove down there on Saturday morning. I left my house at 4.40 a.m. I uh, picked up my wife at the airport. She came from a red eye from California and <laughs> drove on down. And she slept, I've taken it. She did. I have some pictures of her sleeping, as a matter of fact, yes, in the passenger seat. So, yeah, it was a good trip. It was uh, hot as the Dickens down there. Oh, really? So it was extremely hot. We lucked out with no rain, though, which was good. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so it didn't rain. That was great. Uh, But then on the way back, I was telling Elizabeth, uh, we had some car problems on the way back. Oh. My battery went bye-bye. So I AAA this morning, and I'm proud to say the Farnermobile is up and running once again. All right. Great. All 117,000 miles on it. Oh, that's just broken in. I know. It's brand yeah. new well, still. There you go. So what I miss? Anything exciting? Exciting. Yes, you missed the eclipse. Oh, the eclipse well, happened in Florida, too. Yeah, I was going to say, he was in the continental United States still. <laughs> yeah, but down in Florida, <laughs> it's, it's was, Florida. did you actually have glasses and look at it? I did. I had NASA glasses. Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah. And how much of a eclipse was, did they um, have down there? About 90%. So about, more than we had. Yeah, it was more than we had up here. Oh, well, so very take, cool, So then. take that, Brett. I, yeah. I'm taking that. And we, yeah. missed, we missed peak here because we saw it for about, I saw it for maybe 0.3 seconds right at the peak time. It was 2.43, I think. Right. Or uh-huh. 2.47 or something. And then clouds, clouds just came covered across. it. And then the clouds kept coming, and then it started raining and thundering, and it was disappointing, to say the least. Yeah. You got to wear your NASA glasses. I got though, to right? wear my NASA glasses. Yes, we did. We yeah. shared them around with a lot of other people on top of the... Parking oh, lot. Really? <laughs> were you here? I was. You were not. at the office. I was, oh, yeah, yeah. I was at the so, doctor's. But, but our glasses were the official nat. So yeah. the, the yeah. ones, the ones that the president had, yes. he was supposed to wear. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we had those. Yeah. We got them from well, actually. We got them from like, NASA. A NASA employee so, gave us our glasses. Well, that's very cool. Yes. Yeah. It was, we're it was we're very pretty cool. cool. They were hip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> did you see the photo still of the president looking at the sun? I did see that. It's, yeah. yeah it's, it was, it I, was I enjoy seeing, like, the funny photos people post about it, but when the news media covers it, I'm like, okay. Yeah, you know, I it's, agree. It's not really – I, I like the funny social media stuff going on. you got to make fun of that kind of thing, oh, right? Absolutely. But then you have, like, a serious story about on the news. You're like, okay, you know, let's <laughs> – that's not really <laughs> CNN worthy. He's not the only person in America that did that, I'm guessing. No. <laughs> so we were at Epcot Center yes. oh. uh, down, in, down in Disney World and uh, on the Eclipse Day. And there were a bunch of solar cameras set up oh, very to cool. watch the uh, to watch the eclipse uh, all over the place, and people were in their NASA shirts. And there, Disney didn't give out any glasses. They didn't sell glasses down there. There's liability reasons why they didn't sell glasses oh, okay. or or provide glasses to anybody. Uh, but there were signs up talking about the eclipse, and apparently at Animal Kingdom, the park down there, mm-hmm. uh, they shut down the safari, and anything to do with animals because they didn't know how the animals were going to react to the eclipse. So did you get any follow up afterwards? I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know. I, 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 I don't curious. think. I don't think it was that. You I would mean, think with ninety percent, not much. It wasn't like it was. I saw some happen. some stills apparently over Clemson University in South Carolina. Yeah, and it was a drone, and it showed how the darkness yeah. go over. When there's totality, it was very I think cool. the animals might have some reaction. But yeah, I think they're you just be prepared. They're overly cautious yeah. down there. But yeah, yeah it was. A, we wore our glasses. Everyone was asking us where they where we bought them, and we brought them with us. So it was. Um, it was very. It was a bunch of people looking up at the. Pe- at yeah. the sun. People were funny before. My neighborhood listserv, of course. You have people <laughs> talking about the eclipse on there. People were mentioning getting glasses for their dogs. Oh, no. And talking about, well, is my dog going to get harmed? Like, oh, just my goodness. keep your dog inside. You know, I don't dogs I don't, don't think your dog's going to enjoy the eclipse. I don't think a dog would look up at the sun no. for no reason. Because where, we, smarter than where that. we were, yeah. the sun wasn't covered enough where you could even still, you could still not really look at it. You would still squint right. and look away. Yeah, it's still your, your natural, still, yeah. you know, reaction to it. So, so let's talk about this real funny. quick. The whole point is your pupils dilate when it's dark. Right. right. Okay, so when you look up at the sun and the second that the moon moves away, and those rays of sun come out, mm-hmm. your pupils are still dilated, and it just absorbs all that sunlight then. And that's very dangerous. And that's the whole yes. point of not looking at the eclipse. Right. right. The whole point of it. Anyway. Yeah. I, I actually saw the instant replay on TV, so it was great. Yeah, that's some good footage. Yeah, there were some really neat photos. My favorite yeah. one is the NASA one where they show the space station going in front of the sun. It, like, photobombs oh, the sun. Yeah, it's like it this tiny cool. little speck. Yeah. But you can see the space station oh, that's outline. that's very cool. Very cool. So, so this part about water. Let's, know, talk, let's talk sorry. about birthdays. Let's talk about I, birthdays real we, quick. We had to stay on the cool, the cool train. <laughs> no, I'm, hey, let's yeah, stay off topic here. So there's three birthdays I want to have you guys guess today. Is that cool, Brent? It's your favorite part. Brent, you're it's on fire. Keep our listening audience, you know, right. engaged here. You're on fire with this game lately, too. So. All right. Today is August 24th. Happy August 24th, everybody. That's right. We're about uh, I know, almost I a know. week out from It's my brother's birthday. Is it, is it really? It is. How many brothers sisters do you have? I have one brother, one sister. Oh, okay. And it is my younger brother's birthday. Get to know Brent. I got that one right. Happy birthday, Brent's younger brother. <laughs> Happy uh, birthday. Cal Ripken Jr. Ooh, Cal Ripken Iron Man, Jr. Iron yeah. Man himself. Good, Brent. I'm going to say 50. Oh, I'm going to say 54. 57. Yeah, 57. he's a older than that. Yeah, yeah he, he played, he I, I played forever. Say, I thought he was. He was, well, he I know was, he, he was did play forever. Side. Uh, when he retired. Anyway, yeah, he's in great shape, though. Yeah, he is. He looks looks yeah. great. I guess no more photos. He's all done. I hope he got some good all right. ones. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting first look at these. <laughs> um, what is that crackling sound? I, I don't know. Is it mine? I don't know. That's weird. We'll have to look into that. It might have been my... I don't know. Yeah, Elizabeth. We'll edit that part out. No, well, it's well, whatever. Uh, the father of the current press secretary... 
Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee, <laughs> former governor of Arkansas, right? Yep. Today's his birthday. I'm going to say he is 71. I was going to say 62. Brent, ding, on oh, the nose. I thought he was way older. Yeah. Well, he's, uh, he's aged uh, a lot in the uh, last yes, 10 is. years. So I <laughs> uh, Huckabee Sanders is his daughter's name, last name, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She is the press secretary. She right? is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And finally, yesterday was this uh, rock star's birthday. He played the first concert that I ever attended, Rick Springfield. Rick he wanted Jesse's girl. Oh my God! He was on a soap opera, General <laughs> Hospital, I believe. Never watched it. Mm. All right, Brent, you guess first. Do the so bath, I can Elizabeth. just guess. I have no what year I- was your first concert? I uh, eighty. Mm, eighty-five, eighty-four. Okay, so over thirty years ago. So he's at least in his 60s. 64. I was going to say 64, too. He's 68 years old. Getting up there. Don't you know who he is, but <sighs> I got somewhat close up. that time. <laughs> you ever heard the song Jesse's Girl? Yeah, I know the song. Okay. I just didn't he sings know it. who sang it. Yep, he sings I it. I got that. Okay, well, there you go. That was a good birthday yeah. game. Say, say there you go. Brent is on fire. I know. He wins again because he actually got one. I actually on. got yeah. one. It's awesome. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, so I'm going to go back to Disney real quick. Okay, go back. <laughs> go ahead. Bye, John. Uh, I'm just kidding. There is a, uh, an attraction down there. Have you guys read the book Swiss Family Robinson? Yeah. Long, long, long time ago. Okay. Yes. I, I have not. I have okay. not ever read it. I'll fight on it. I've never read Swiss Family Robinson, but you're familiar with the story, mm-hmm. right? They, there is an attraction down there that has a Swiss Family, Family Robinson treehouse. I know. Right? I, mm-hmm. I always walk wanted to do that. through that. You've ne- you never... I've never been to Disney World. Oh, okay. But, okay. but so, I always wanted to go to that because okay. I loved the book and the, the movie. Book. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they just... Re- it was it was closed for a refurbishment for a while, actually. The past couple of times I've been down there, it's been closed. So it reopened and uh, cool. we walked around it. And it brings you... It's Have you gone through that attraction, Brent, at Disney World? It's in the Magic Kingdom um, over on the way to Pirates of the Caribbean. It's over in that area. Okay. You know, uh, walking by it probably, probably yes. Okay. Yeah. So you, it's kind of off. It's it's right near the Jungle Cruise. That's where it is. Right <laughs> oh, okay. So anyway, you walk up and it's yes. it's like a tree, and you go through different rooms. Right. right? They've set up like a captain's tree quarters. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's like the captain's log in there, and it's just a very into where they sleep, where they eat. Now, the whole thing I noticed this when I was down there. We walked through it you know, three or four days ago. It's all built around water, like bringing water to every room. Okay. It's pretty amazing. This whole mm-hmm. aqueduct system wow. throughout the treehouse at Disney World. So next to me, I took out a lot of pictures, and I'll, I'll show them to you guys later. But So when you first go up, there is a, a man – well, it's man-made. It's a man, everything's man-made there. Even the lakes are man-made. Right. There's a man-made waterfall. It has a wheel that turns the wheel. Okay. And on one side of the wheel, it brings up the water, and uh-huh. then it dumps it out into the aqueducts, and then it carries the water – throughout every room and then like in the kitchen it diverts it into like an area where it just streams down and you have access to you know clean water okay for you know whatever purpose you have whether to cook with or clean with or whatever you need mm-hmm. so it's all and it's all propelled by the fort like you talked about Niagara Falls it's all right. propelled by this little waterfall uh-huh. it just rotates the wheel you know I thought it was amazing and the whole thing it's it just goes to show well number one Disney's really thinking about you know keeping this true reality but number two is 
you need water in these rooms. No matter where, if you're living there, you need water. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's in all, instead of going out with buckets and just grabbing them out of the river or stream or lake, whatever you're nearby, you live near, it just it carries it throughout the whole the whole system and Man. then it runs off the end back into the source. The more so. I hear about Disney World, the cooler it seems. Yeah, it's uh it's it was I again I took all kinds of pictures here to show yeah. to show you guys, but it was it was very cool. Crazy. How that was did they mention that in the book at all about how they manage the water? I, I read that I mean, long time a long ago. Long time ago. Okay. I don't remember that in the movie though. Yeah, I don't I never seen the movie. I don't yeah. know. I only know it through what I saw at the at the treehouse. Tree yeah. Hmm. So it was it was very it was a very cool thing. It made you think about wow, even you know no electricity, no right. anything. Right. right. Here, so here they have a mechanism there water. to bring water to every to every room. Hmm. Well, very cool. Yeah. Something to, something to, next time you're down there, check it out. We'll have to check it out. That's yeah. right. And I was mentioning to Brent earlier today, uh, Avatar. We mentioned this right, earlier. Right. So you've seen the movie Avatar. Mm -hmm. Okay. They built a whole land down there revolved around right Avatar. And uh, Brent had an opportunity to tour it with somebody that worked at Disney recently. Was right. it open when you did it? Or was it closed? It just opened. Okay, it just it just opened. Did you do it when it was closed too, or no. when they were building it? No. Okay, because then you were down there a couple times. Uh, yes. Okay. So when they were building it, yeah, there's no tours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not even Brent. Could not even not even Brent could get in there. Yeah. Um, the plants that they use are amazing, and everything is irrigated. You saw irrigation everywhere, mm -hmm. even. Even if it were the size of this piece of paper with a tree or a shrub right. or some sort of other plant species I've never even seen before. Growing out of it, there's a little spray head, or you can see a little, little drip little irrigation. Micro spray. Like, yeah. Micro spray. Right. Right there. I mean, everything was irrigated because it is all part of the world you step in mm. and how important water is to this story that they're trying to sell in this park. Right. Hmm. And you remember the movie, like, The Plants Glow. Right. And then when you walk, the, floor, the ground glows yeah. and the plants glow. They do that? It's all black light at night. And wow. it just shines. Everything shines at night. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Hmm. It makes you have a real appreciation for the landscaping they provide down there. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. And, wow. And, how, yeah. and one of the rides is a boat ride. So I mean, that's, water itself is important there. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, the plants that they used down there were, were just amazing. I wonder if there is there somewhere you can go to see online what plants they use in different I don't know. parts of the park. I have park? no idea. I It'd be interesting to know what they're using. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. So moving on from uh, from Disney, that, those are my Disney stories. Do you have any questions about Disney? Uh, any questions at all? How much are they paying you questions for promoting? No, that? no. I just it was a <laughs> personal I'm, experience that I wanted I to share. I want to go. I'm thinking about going in November, so that would we'll be see. actually a really nice time to go. If it's not over Thanksgiving, okay. Thanksgiving is well, really no, right crowded. after the show. Right oh, after yeah. the we'll audition show. Oh yeah, you'll be that will yeah. be. It's food and wine festivals going on down there. Oh. While during that, okay. yeah, check that out. Cool. Speaking of food, I've got an article here from the Washington Post, and I didn't share any of this with you because I want to get your raw reaction off of it. See how good you are on your toes. We're testing you guys out today. Uh, Dateline, August 17th, so last week. Washington Post, Americans are buying more food at Walmart. Yeah, okay, that. because Walmart's everywhere, and they yeah. are making that a big part of their sales. They yep, are. Uh, they are, retailer on Thursday, this is Thursday, I guess, of the week of August 17th, said food sales had grown to their highest level in five years. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're expanding their delivery services around the world as well. Yeah. Wow. And I, I think a lot of this is, is was driven by Amazon. Well, it's they're kind of competing with Amazon and Amazon purchase of Whole Foods, and they're and I think that they Amazon are. did that to compete with Walmart at they the same are. time. And so Walmart it's both. just announced today or yesterday that they're doing working with Google, and so 
some kind of a delivery service through Google. Oh. People can like talk to their Google thing in their home and it'll reorder things for them and so from Walmart. Uh, food, okay. food sales make up more than half of Walmart's revenue. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why I bring this up, uh, Walmart has been one of the drivers of quote unquote sustainability. They have. Yeah. Yes. Uh, anywhere from their facilities to their supply chain of what they sell. Mm -hmm. um, we know it from the water use side, specifically the irrigation side, and what they've done 10 years ago. Right. Right. With driving efficient water use, saving water, and saving money due to those savings of water. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, they, and that's actually part of their, of their major business plan, too, is the sustainability efforts. And Brent, uh, you were on, we were both on staff and we had one of their sustainability right. guys speak at one of our conferences. That's and right. And it was a pretty fascinating presentation he gave. It was very fascinating. Yeah. You know, and, and pretty forward thinking. And people don't think that Walmart is this forward thinking company, but they are pushing the envelope yeah. a lot. And, and that was eight years ago. Right. Seven or, yeah, seven, seven or eight, eight. Seven or eight years yes. ago. Right. So, and, uh, and anywhere from looking at cartons of eggs and having an, uh, a, a number imprint on each egg. So if one egg breaks, then you can replace just that egg and not the whole carton. Whereas right now, if they, if another grocery store, if one egg breaks in that carton, they toss the whole carton. But because they can keep track of each egg instead uh. of each carton, they know, you know, when the egg can go bad. And so, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing stuff. The lighting the efficiency of their refrigeration units. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the whole top to bottom. And then on the food supply, I've had conversations with some irrigation manufacturers, and I, I asked them who, who, you know, manufacture center pivots, drip, you, uh, pressure, different sorts of pressurized irrigation to make growers more efficient with their water use. And mm -hmm. I said, are these sustainability efforts of organizations and companies like Walmart, mm -hmm. is that driving sales for you? And they said, absolutely, yes, it is. Oh. Because, so because you, have the, you have the customer, this being, customer being Walmart at this point, who purchases their food through different growers or supply chains, they are driving their suppliers to become more efficient with their water use. Hmm. And so they're looking at water footprints of everything, food, vegetables, fruit, you know, cereal, you know, right. e everything. Right, everything. And that's driving growers because they want to sell to Walmart, right? Yeah. Yes, to because be more, that's a good more, customer. More now, if they're you know the major retailer, um, and that's why I brought this up business. because all of a sudden you have Walmart food makes up half their sales. That's amazing to me too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and you have them putting a lot of pressure on their whole supply chain. You know, right, food being very specific. You know, we're seeing the same thing. You know, with beer, with Miller Coors, right? What they're doing, their suppliers, their growers becoming more efficient with their water use. So, I, I you know this is where the market's really driving agriculture to become more efficient and it's not organic it's not gmo we're no. not talking about any of that stuff nope right no yeah not in this not not all. not this at all because <laughs> walmart the whole foods is just organic right yep okay and i i, I don't know if they're going to keep it that way or not when with the purchase of amazon that remains to be seen i'm assuming they are i'm assuming they will but they have the but walmart customers. yeah walmart is both they just like a normal grocery store but they do place a lot of pressure on the sustainable quote unquote sustainability aspect of mm -hmm. their of their growers right yeah one of my coworkers when i worked at feeding america she was recruited by walmart the foundation to go run their sustainability for food over there so i mean they were oh, looking wow. into the world of yeah. People already in the, like the food industry, food nonprofits, and bringing people in because they really were putting a huge focus on that. And that was yeah. probably six, seven years ago now. So yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah it's pretty amazing. So uh, the second one, Brent, I wanted to look at you with this. Uh, 
Read this headline for me. Do you know what fairy rings are? They are sprouting in the D.C. area. Can you ask that question? I can. Go ahead. Go for it, man. All right. So fairy ring is a disease. <laughs> of course you <Yes>. can. <laughs> I know. It's a turf disease. It's, a tur it's not a disease that I can get. No. I have the fairy ring. No. <laughs> you know, oh. I, I, I used to deal with it in Colorado. Yep. Oh, okay. And, uh, hmm. but yeah, we, this year, this summer, we have had so much rainfall and the humidity and all the things have been just right for fairy ring to really take off. And, huh. and so it'll devastate a lawn and you'll get all these brown spots. And it's called fairy ring because you'll have a dead spot with a really bright green grass growing right around it. And the Washington Post article mentioned uh, fungi, mushrooms growing around it. Yeah, that's what it well. is. Yeah. So, and uh, we have a lot of mushrooms in our yard. And that's, and that's what it is. Is that what we have? <laughs> well, <laughs> you'll, you'll see the ring. Well, I had it last year in my yard. Oh, you'll okay. see it's like a dark green it's a circle it's a circle yeah. you have to get an overview shot if you have like a right 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 window in, out of your backyard and it, and it becomes a real challenge because the two things that uh, contribute to it is too much nitrogen fertilizer so we fertilize our lawns and then the water and when we apply it and so we have never let the ground dry out i was mowing my lawn yesterday morning early and i was like shocked at how soft and mushy yeah, it still is and it's been three or four days since we've had any rain yeah. I've been waiting to mow because every time I go out and check, it's still really wet. Yes. So I'm going to mow I, tonight when I get home. It's on my, so on my agenda. But. We, uh, I have a mowing service, mow my lawn, uh, because I'm going to kill myself down that big hill we have in our backyard. <laughs> and, uh, and so you're going to pay somebody and, to kill themselves. And because I get it. And because they're they're they have, insured, right? They have professional equipment. You know, yeah, yeah, it's they, much easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have that professional equipment. I have like a little push mower. You see me go doubling down my hill with the, with the push mower. But they, um, they only mowed halfway down the hill. And my kids run down there. Like we have a little wooded area back there. They, they go play in, and so I emailed my my company I deal with. I was like, "Hey, you know what's up? You only mowed halfway down the hill. It's kind of the second or third time it's happened this summer." And uh, a very nice woman reached out to her crew, and they're like, "Yeah, it was too wet oh. for them to get down that far." And I'm thinking to myself, I was very putting my skeptical glasses here, and I believe it. I don't know. It but is. Yeah. It's like it's some parts of my lawn. I got the lawnmower got stuck in, and it had been two, at least two days since it had rained, and it was warm out. This one part of my lawn was still so saturated that my lawnmower just sunk into the ground. And you know, this is uh, you know, we're nowhere near the flooding stages in our area, mm -hmm. so this is kind of good problems to have, right? I'd rather, I'd rather this problem than too little water. Yeah. You know. Right. In fact, I was trying to think if I. I live near a golf course that I walk around, and I'm not sure I've seen them water once this year. Oh, really? A golf course, huh? Yeah. And uh, hmm. they were out today aerating. I said, perfect day for it because it's finally dried out enough they could put yeah. the equipment on the greens. Oh. And uh, anyway, but I, I was thinking about it. I said, I have never seen the irrigation come on once this year. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. And it's just because we've had the rains on a pretty timely basis. Mm -hmm. and my lawn is growing so fast. I oh can't well, you know, keep up with we're, it. So we're, we're, kind of, we're kind of talking about D.C. weather here, but usually by this time, the lawns have gone brown. And it, they've not. Or, or they or slow down or something, but yeah. it's like it's, I'm mowing twice a week just yeah. to keep up. You have yeah. to do it. It's like springtime right now. Yeah. Right. We, um, and leaves starting to fall, too. I looked at this morning. We I just get my battery changed. Our, our tree has acorns again. And it like so many acorns. It's gonna be a miserable fall. <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna let you guys know. I'm gonna be complaining about this. That's fine. <laughs> in about a month or two. <laughs> I looked up at the, my tree. I was walking my dog. I look up and I see just like millions. I mean, huh? It's gonna be that like I had it a few years ago where it was just like 
we filled trash cans, like literally trash cans full of acorns. That's too bad you can't like eat them or do something with them. I don't know what I can do with them. So I have, uh, I have two more articles here. Okay. Um, we'll go in chronological order. This one's from June 6th. Uh, and it's a UN. It's a UN article. This is from UN.org, which is the United Nations. Right, Elizabeth? Thank you. I believe, Could be University I of Nebraska. So. Could be. <laughs> yes. Not UNL. In this context. UN, UN. Uh, the title is, and this is what piqued my interest, Water is Catalyst for Cooperation, Not Conflict, UN Chief Tell Security Council. Now, stop right there. I think that he's trying to spin this a bit. Yeah. Because water is the source of conflict quite a bit. <laughs> And in his comments, and I've, I've highlighted some, I kind of want to highlight so I underlined some of his comments here. And his Secretary General, Antonio Guterres. I, I didn't even know who the Secretary General was at the UN. Anyway. Um, what, quote, water, peace, and security are inter- inextricably linked, said Mr. Guterres during a meeting on pre- uh, preventive diplomacy and trans- transboundary waters. <laughs> God, I cannot this read like, today. It's painful. Well, this is painful what UN is language. What's going on I mean, here? This is like. It's, this is big time UN language. Yeah. Uh, it quote I commend the Security Council meeting for highlighting how water is and should remain a reason for cooperation, not conflict, Mr. Guterres added. Now, we talked about what's going on in the Middle East, yeah. um, in Syria, and how if really it's not over water, but water really started was, some was of the battle. the beginning part of it, yes. the beginning part of it. And uh, it's been the source of conflict for years and years and years and years. And I, you know, I don't blame the UN. They want to see, you know, cooperation over water, not conflict. But we have Florida and Georgia, you know, <laughs> Supreme Court. Well, yeah. that's but going in, on. in many ways, if you think about it, those who had water, if they wanted to share that mm-hmm. with those who don't, then the people would stay there. And you wouldn't have all this movement of people yeah. and ma- massive humanity all over the place mm-hmm. that's actually, I think, creating a lot of the problems now is you got yeah. all these cultures congregating yep. really fast. Yeah. And nobody understands one another. Right. And so one of the examples they give in South America, Lake Titicaca, which I don't think I've said the word Lake Titicaca since I was in high school. Learning right. about and Lake I, Titicaca I actually, in college. When I was on my mission, served right there in oh, really? Puno, right on the well, shore well, here, of Lake here Titicaca. You go. Yep. Okay. The largest freshwater lake on the continent has long been a source of cooperation between Bolivia, Bolivia. and Peru. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, the 1960 water treaty between India and Pakistan has survived three wars between the countries. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's a good example. Yeah, yes. I mean, I think he's just trying to make the point that if you're not going to have, if you wanted to have cooperation, that's much better than having conflict. <laughs> right. You know, and <laughs> you it's, think? that's what the UN's job is, right? They're yeah. trying to make the whole world work together. Exactly. Not saying that's what's going to happen no. or what's happening, right. but I think that's a good example. I mean. Yeah, and uh, he said, let, quote, let us commit to investing in water security to ensure durable peace and security for all mm-hmm. communities and nations. Now, I kind of agree with that, yeah. because if you have access to clean water for um, sanitation, for drinking, and then for food, you're going to do okay. Right. Yes. That's kind of step one, mm-hmm. even before electricity, right? It's, right. That, that's really step yeah. one, and then you build off of that. So I, I, I do agree with that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if people are happy and comfortable, there's peace. Uh, that's right. Exactly right. That's right. So. And then, uh, so the final one that I have here, and I had to, I had to bring this up. This is Dateline, August 14th. Uh, Virginia Tech researchers. Shocking. I know. Uh, no, it's not shocking at all, Elizabeth. <laughs> had to bring it up, everyone. No, it's not. not <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, fine, uh, my, with my. <laughs> Virginia Tech. My social science degree from Virginia Tech. 
uh, Virginia Tech researchers find a new bacterium that helps turn water into ice. So that turns water into ice. Right. So, uh, and I'll, I'll read kind of the first couple of paragraphs here, and you guys can react to it. Pure water can stay in liquid form at temperatures as low as negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit, freezing at higher temperatures only when the presence of, quote, ice nuclei that are found in dust, some bacteria, some fungi, and plant pollen. These nuclei help arrange water molecules in such a way that makes it easier for them to bind to each other and to grow into ice crystals. Okay. And Virginia Tech has identified... See, now, and we, we can post this, this article online here, but... Um, Okay, so ice nucleation is a physical process that is the fundamental importance of the water cycle since it contributes to the formation of precipitation in clouds. Finding this new molecule that can nucleate ice will help deepen our understanding of this important process. All right. So they've isolated it. You're, you look very skeptical, wow. Brent. Why? 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 why well, are you I'm trying to say, okay, now what am I going to do with this information? Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's in the article. I mean, it's a very scientific article. Yeah. Um, Basically, they're trying to get a better understanding of the entire water cycle. Yeah. And this is like so, a very minute piece so of it. So once, once discovered, the molecule could be used in the future of snowmaking or even weather modification. So that wow. was where I was kind of going and saying, okay, we, we got problems with the, uh, the ice melting and, you yep. know, can we yeah. help restore that? Yep. <laughs> uh, to do this, the production of the molecule would need to be scaled up from micrograms to kilograms or more. It's a National Science Foundation program. Um, team members from Florida, France, uh, University of Florida, France, Montana State University, and Ohio State University, along with Virginia Tech. Anyway. That is pretty fascinating. That is. You know, uh, you know I, I went to Virginia Tech, so I have an affinity towards that, you know, the, the, all the programs at Virginia mm -hmm. Tech. But their focus on water has really stepped up their game a bit, you know, from Flint, Michigan, right. now, to, now to this, what they're doing with the ice molecules. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cool stuff, mm -hmm. right? It's interesting. Yeah. Something yeah. I never thought I would know. See, there you go. <laughs> Thanks. Thankfully, we have bringing water to life to bring That's you right. that fun See? fact. <laughs> hey, I, we went from like Disney it. to like talking it. about the most scientific thing ever with <laughs> water molecules and, you know, Nuclei bacterium. And, and bacterium. Uh, yeah, exactly. To form ice. So do these bacterium survive freezing conditions? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Bacteria is. I think, yeah. I'm sure. Here, read the article print. We can either it'll be posted online. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah. Say. Say. Okay. Brett, what's your tip of the week? Tip of the week. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Say, <laughs> tip of the week. Uh, remind Brent to get a tip of the week before we sit down to a podcast. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Brent. <laughs> you know, and I was even thinking about that this morning, and then I forgot. Um, okay. So I was reading a little thing about grit. That grit is the uh, substance for success. And that they said that that counts more than talent. And I, so I'm saying, if, if you don't have talent, then get grit. Brian, I get by my life on grit. I don't, I'm not really talented in anything. So, define well, grit for me. Grit. It, what is grit? It, it's perseverance and Persever overcoming. Perseverance. You know, I obstacles to, to get things I done. I think of grit like when you're working out, like that kind of grit. You look very confused, Elizabeth. I, I just, Put your microphone I, to your mouth. I'm just trying not to make a bad joke. Kind of. Trying to keep this not political. All right. Okay. There you <laughs> go. Anyway. No, that's a good tip, Brent. That's, I, good. I, that's good. That's great. See? Right. See, I like how we're combining the philosophical tips of the week with the, the practical <laughs> and scientific. It's good. And the recreational. Yes. Recreational. See? Water touches all aspects of life. See? All Thanks. Right. All right. Um...
So next week's before Labor Day, we'll try to get one in before Labor Day. We'll see. Okay. All right. Spring World Life.